want to go ahead and be turning in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 45, we are going to be there tonight uh, for a few minutes. Now, we've had this summer-long series discussing uh, this idea of how far I'll go, where we've gone through and, and we, um, we took the story of Joseph and we combined it with the Moana soundtrack. And I don't know if you guys have been paying attention, but we kind of came pretty much to the end of the Moana soundtrack last week with I Am Joseph. And so this week we're kind of doing like a whole wrap-up session. Um, and, and we're going to finish the story a little bit here tonight. Uh, but tonight, our, the idea is how far he went. It's, it's finishing off this idea of how far I'll go to look at how far Joseph went in his story. And what we're going to find as we start reading right here is we're, gonna, uh, we're not going to go all the way in and, and get all the way to the end of, of the story of Joseph. Um, we're going we're gonna to finish off his story in 45, and we're not even going to really get into details of, of what's fully going to happen. But what I want us to do is take time tonight to go into Genesis chapter 45 and read a little bit and kind of sum up what we can take from the entirety of this summer, uh, this summer's class. What we have seen so far is the brothers of Joseph came back. Um, they brought their younger brother. Joseph's like, oh, here's your other brother. All 10 brothers, or 11 brothers um, are reunited. It's all wonderful. But Joseph plants a cup in the sack of Benjamin. Um, this all took place in 44, which we didn't get the chance to cover last week. And so they're brought back as thieves in front of Joseph. And Joseph is in this chapter 45 of Genesis, finally about to reveal himself to the brothers. He's finally about to, to, to make the reintroduction here in chapter 45, starting in verse 1. So, so let's read. Starting in verse 1, it says, Then Joseph could not control himself before all those who stood by him. So here's Joseph. He's standing here. Everyone's around him. He says he couldn't control himself. He cried, Make everyone go out from me. So he sends everyone around him out. So no one stayed with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. You know what the Egyptians know? And he wept aloud so that the Egyptians heard it and all the household of Pharaoh heard it. And Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed at his presence. This is a, a, a huge moment. There's a reason Joseph breaks down here and is in tears. He's, he's sitting there, he's crying so loudly that it says all of Egypt could hear it. Egypt could hear it. Pharaoh could hear it. Joseph is in tears right now. He's been without these brothers who sold him into slavery for so long, and he finally, after they're thinking he's dead or, or in pretty much dead or in deep slavery for all these years with all these regrets, Joseph stands up and he says, I'm Joseph. I'm alive. I'm fine. I'm, I'm okay. Look, everything is good. How's dad? And the brothers have a weird reaction here. Notice it says that they are dismayed at his presence. Can you imagine this moment? You're in the head honcho of it. Uh, why have I been saying that in this class? You're in literally, you're in the top-notch dog. You're in the, the guy who's in charge of Egypt, second in command of the entire country, one of the most powerful countries in the world at this time. And he's like, oh, by the way, I'm your brother. 
that you sold into slavery? And their reaction is dismay. To a point where they couldn't even, even respond to him. The, the dismay here means amazed, frightened, or terrified. And I can imagine if I were the brothers in this situation, that would probably be my reaction as well. I would probably have the reaction of like jaw, you know, and like in the cartoons and like the eyes bug out and the jaw drops to the floor. I feel like Tom from or Jerry, which was the cat? Tom. Uh, Tom from Tom and Jerry always had that happen where his like eyes would bug out. And I feel like like the brothers were probably that in this moment, but they were sitting there thinking, "Here's the brother that we sold, that we tossed in a pit, that 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 we that we pretty much ruined, and here he is now. He's the head of Egypt, and he's crying in front of me." bawling very loudly like creepily how loudly he's crying because it says everyone can hear him but joseph isn't done with this conversation he he calls them over in verse five and, and essentially says let's not fear so joseph said to his brothers in verse four come near to me please and they came near and he said i'm your brother joseph whom you sold into egypt you gotta imagine momentarily it goes well when they're thinking he's dead and he says, I'm your brother, do they think they're seeing a ghost? What, what is really causing the fear here? But he says, no, 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 I'm real. I'm your brother Joseph, whom you sold to Egypt. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because he sold me here. For God sent me here before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in these land two years, and there are yet five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. Goes to his brothers and he says, Boys, I'm okay. I know you're terrified. I know you're dismayed. I know you probably feel bad right now for what you did, but don't. Don't look. It's okay. Trust me on this one. God has used me to fulfill his plan. By you tossing me in the pit, like, guys, you got me to the head of Egypt by doing this. It's okay. Don't feel pain in this moment. And I look at this and I understand where Joseph is coming from, but I also wonder, how was Joseph not bitter? How was Joseph not upset at his brothers? These guys that, that legitimately did sell him into slavery for not very much money. What was it? Like $200? And so you've got to imagine in his mind why wouldn't he be upset? Here's the why Joseph is not upset. Joseph had accepted at this point that he was a part of a bigger plan. Think about the long days that he probably sat in prison. The days where he sat there in prison and he was, he was sitting there and probably in the dark dungeon and, and he just had time to think. You know, when you're in prison, you think and work out. Um, not that I would know, of course. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I need to quit. I need to like stop saying little things in the middle of class. Um, but the long days that he was sitting there in prison and, and just thinking and probably thinking, man, I hate my brothers. Why on earth did my brothers do this to me? This is all their fault. I just want to kill them all and hate on them as much as I could. Or think about in this story when and, and previously when he first saw his brothers, do you have a father? Is he alive? And in this story, immediately, like, I'm Joseph, how's dad? Like, like immediately as he's sitting there, like, man, dad lost me. I bet he's pretty upset. I mean, how often do you sit there and wonder 
how his father was. But the thing about Joseph is that he had accepted that he was bigger, uh, a part of something that was bigger than himself, that he was a part of God's plan. And when he accepted it, he went all in on it. He was going to let, allow God to take him as far as God wanted him to go. But for us tonight, do we accept it? Do we accept this, this bigger plan to our lives? Joseph did it seamlessly. He was sitting there, sold in slavery, tossed in a pit, and he accepted God's plan as his life. But do we accept it in our world today? Have we decided that we're going to accept God's plan for us? And maybe you're sitting here right now, and, and, and you're just like, oh, come on. Why are we talking about this? Uh, I get it. Maybe you're sitting here right now thinking, yeah, right. God doesn't have a plan for me. And I'm sure not many of you think this. I'm sure that a lot of you probably in your mind, you're like, yeah, God would have a plan for me. But maybe there's some of you in this room right now who are like, yeah, God has no plan for me whatsoever. God doesn't have a plan for me like he had for Joseph. And I'm, I'm sure that most of us in this room would say that the plan God has for us is nothing compared to the one that God, Joseph, that God had for Joseph. But I'm sure a lot of us would sit here and, and, and say, no, I don't think God's plan for me is that big. Have you seen the way people treat me? The way people treat me, I have no platform. I, I don't really, like, I have very few followers on social media. I don't have a ton of, like, friends so I can be like, do this. And they go do it. Not a lot of followers. And, and generally, I, I just probably don't have a plan that's too big to make a big impact for me. Wait, have you seen my family situation? Am I, like, have you read any books on socioeconomics? There's no way that I am going to do anything in this world. Have, have you seen that people around me have already rejected Jesus, that people have already heard about Jesus and like they don't care. And, and so like, like God's plan for me probably isn't much right now because like people have already said no to Jesus. I probably can't make a difference. Or have you seen what it's like? Uh, have, have you been a different person at school and you're like, well, even if I change, people aren't gonna give me the time of day because like this is who I was last year at school. And if I go back this year and I'm a changed person, like. They're just going to laugh at me and blow me off as a fake and a hypocrite. God won't be able to use me through that. Maybe you're sitting there and you're like, well, guess who I am in my secret life and, and where I sin secretly. There's no way that God can use somebody who's constantly living in sin. And yet God will look at you and say, look at Joseph. Look how far Joseph went when I used him. I took a prideful arrogant kid who was tossed into a pit and sold into slavery and my plan for him was to become the ruler of Egypt. And God looks at us and we hear the verse in Romans 8.28 all the time, all things work together for good according to his purpose. And if we don't think that we are included in that all things in that Romans 28.28 verse, then we are sorely mistaken. Because when God looks at us and says, hey, all good things are going to happen according to my purpose. I have a plan. My plan is going to work out. And we're sitting there like, I'm not a part of that plan. No, you are. You're a part of that plan. Because Joseph, you feel like you're small. Joseph was part of something far bigger than Joseph. He had no idea how far he would go. But God said, 
let me show you how far you'll go. I'm on your side. And I want to take a step back for just a moment. And before we go on, I want to ask, have you even given yourself the chance? Have you given yourself the chance to choose God's plan for you? And I know that sounds, that sounds weird, but maybe you're sitting in this room tonight and you haven't been baptized into Christ. And you're sitting there and you're like, I want to choose God's plan for me, but I haven't like done the first step yet. I haven't chosen that first moment where I'm going to sit there and say like, yeah, I want to be a Christian and I want God's plan to be evident in my life. I don't want us to leave here this evening. Like, like I know we're going to Chick-fil-A later on, which trust me, I haven't eaten dinner yet. Super pumped about Chick-fil-A. I would just give me like a, how dare you? I agree. Um, Amelia agrees with you more. Um, but, but I know we're going to Chick-fil-A tonight, but I'd be willing to say that pretty much every single person in this room would sit here and like say, forget Chick-fil-A for an extra 30 minutes. We want to witness a soul added to the kingdom. We want to witness somebody deciding that the plan of God is the one that they want to follow in their life. Don't wait to do that if you have not accepted that plan in your life yet. Um, once you do that, have you ever wondered the impact that you will make in life? Have you ever wondered this? Uh, I think about this sometimes. I know it's like super cliche. Um, people are like, How much, who would show up to your funeral if you died today? Okay, that's like, I get it. Um, but I want us to think about that for a minute. Like, like, what type of impact will you make in life? And, and so for some of us, it's like, I'm not going to make a huge impact. You, know, you go to some funerals, they're packed with hundreds of thousands of people, like a president. Other people you go, and there's like 40 people there, and you're like, wow, this is kind of a sad. It's more sad when there's less people there, unless there are like eight less people that are like really close friends. You know what I'm saying, though. Like, uh, you go, and, and you're sort of like, what? who's going to come to my funeral? Who cared about me? What impact did I make? Um, this is probably not a foreseen example of this, uh, but this morning, I was driving down the road. I was passing Kroger on National Highway. Not that that matters at all to the story. I just vividly remember that's exactly where I was. And I was listening to one of my top five favorite podcasts called uh, WDW Radio. It's, it's pretty fantastic and extremely nerdy. Um, but the host is named Lou Mangello, okay? And Lou's great. He's, he's from New Jersey, um, very, very Italian. Uh, he doesn't speak Italian. Speaks English plain and clear. Um, but I was sitting there, and, and he had my favorite guest that he has on, Tim Foster. Uh, and they were sitting there, and they were talking about things. And it was just making my heart warm as I drove along this morning. Um, and and uh, so I was just sitting there listening to this. And I don't know why. Maybe it was the fact that this lesson was in my head, or if I'm just a freak and thought about this. Uh, but I was like, man, like when these guys die, it's going to be sad. And this is a popular show, like they have at least, and this is, this is an estimate based on this Facebook page which has likes. And I know people who listen to this show that have not liked the page on Facebook. So I know it has, so at least 40,000 listeners per week. Now that doesn't sound like a ton, but it really is a lot of listeners uh, on a podcast. Um, and I was just sitting there like, man, when Lou passes away, or even when Tim Foster, the guest passes away, it's just gonna be a sad day. Like, they can't bring the happiness to these people, and a lot of people, at least 40,000 people in this world, are going to sit there and be like, this is a sad moment. 
we lost, that person made somewhat of an impact in my life. This guy has taught me so many things that I probably didn't need to know, but I've learned so much from this podcast that, that I sat there and I'm like, man, that's made an impact on my life in some way. And it's that way with, any, with anything, right? When a musical artist passes away, Haley, when Shawn Mendes passes away, you're gonna be sad. Um, for me, when, for me, when like Brad Paisley passes away, it's gonna be a sad day. Um, when the actor passes away, if you remember, all, yeah, when Chris Hemsworth passes away, Daniel, um, when he passes, it's gonna be a sad. Day. People are gonna sit there and they're gonna be like, man, that person made somewhat of an impact on my life. And their memory is going to last a long time in the minds of people everywhere. Hang in there with me for just a minute. It's not hard for us to sit there and wonder, will I make an impact that will last on anybody? Will my life be a life that when people, that when I die, people will look and be like, we're going to remember that guy for a long time. And Joseph is in a scenario in his story where he has changed the world forever. He's changed the course of his bloodline of the Israelites for sure. And, and, and he's changed of the course of his entire family of generations of people to come. Joseph has changed the world because he accepted God's plan for him. What I'm about to do, I want you to understand that, that just because and what I'm about the scenario I'm about to run through does not mean that God's power would have not found another way. So I don't want this to sound like blasphemy, but I want you to imagine with me for just a moment that if Joseph had not stuck with God through a tough, tough situation, if Joseph had not chosen God's plan for him, Joseph, one, would have uh, not gotten high up in the house of Potiphar. Without uh, following God, he wouldn't have said no to Potiphar's wife when she tempted him. Um, he wouldn't have been tossed into prison. If he hadn't been tossed into prison, he wouldn't have met Pharaoh's cupbearer, and the cupbearer wouldn't have remembered that Joseph could interpret dreams. If that was the case, Pharaoh would have not known that a famine was going to hit in seven years. The famine would have spread over the entire land, people would have gone hungry, many Egyptians would have died. Not only would many Egyptians have died, all the surrounding nations would have also probably died. Remember even Jacob's family, the Israelite family, that, that who they were, were in need of food. And most likely the family of Jacob, the entirety of them, would have died. There would have been no ten plagues because the Israelites would have never come to Egypt. There would have been no crossing of the Red Sea, no Moses, no Joshua. There would have been watering in the desert or the conquest of Canaan. There would have been no David, no Bathsheba. Because, and because there would have been no David, there wouldn't have been a city of David where the bloodline would have led to Jesus being born. Or because of no David, there wouldn't have been a bloodline, a mother who was betrothed to someone from the people of David to give birth to Jesus. And without a mother from the nation of God, there wouldn't have been the birth of Jesus. And without a birth of Jesus, there would be no death on the cross. And without death on the cross, there would be no resurrection, which means that we would have no salvation. Joseph choosing to accept God's plan in his life changed our life. You want to talk about how far Joseph went? That is how far Joseph went. 
And I want to ask for us tonight, we look at Joseph and look how far he went and look how far his decision to follow God, his decision to make God's plan the center of his life, how much it changed the world. And I want to ask, are we, true, are we going to choose to fully accept God's plan in our life? Because when we choose to accept God's plan into our lives, it is going to change our life Forever, But even more importantly than that, it's going to change the lives of the people around us and after you 4,000 years from now, if the world is still here in 4,000 years. And we can roll our eyes and say, like, yeah, right, I'm not going to affect that many people in my entire life. There's no possible way that I could do anything like Joseph. But let me ask you this. Do you think Joseph sat there in the pit 4,000 years ago, sitting there looking up, hearing Israelite traders come up, thinking, man, if I make the right choice 4,000 years from now, people are going to meet in Columbia, Tennessee, making the decision to go serve a Savior that I've never heard of. I don't think so. We don't realize the effect that we can have on people years down the road if we just choose God's plan in our life. How cool would it be 2,000 years from now if the earth still exists after we've chosen the plan of God in our life to look down on earth and see our great, 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 whatever great grandchildren going around and converting people to Christianity and understanding that because you made a difference in the lives of people today, because you chose God's plan in your life today, thousands of years from now, there will be hundreds or thousands of Christians. That is a powerful thought. I want to ask us, how did Joseph do this? In our lives, we often talk about the idea of reflecting Christ. Um, and that's an idea we think about all the time. I think that, that, and I say I think, this is really like uncanny, and we're not going to go through all of it, but Joseph uh, was a little bit ahead of his time and reflected Christ before Christ was on earth. I want us to think about some things for a moment. Joseph came from a weird family situation, right? His dad, like, had multiple wives that he worked a lot of years for, and then, like, major prejudice, all that weird stuff. Lots of brothers, they tried to sell their brother into slavery. Weird family situation. Jesus was born to a virgin, um, a, an unmarried woman, in a weird family situation there. We don't really know about uh, his earthly father's family at all. It was a, sounds like a tough situation there. Um, they even had to run for their lives to go to Egypt and live outside their land for a while. So a weird family situation. Joseph had a dream about the sun, the moon, and the stars, which when you go to Revelation chapter 12, uh, we see that there's another thing. Um, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet and on her head, a crown of 12 stars. And later on in this, this chapter, we see this idea of this woman uh, giving birth to Jesus. And so we have this whole idea of like, in this, we see Joseph's dream refl reflected in Christ. Uh, Joseph was stripped of his tunic and tossed in a pit. Um, Jesus was stripped of his tunic and hung on a cross. Joseph's word of his dreams of his brothers bowing down to him prevailed no matter what happened to him. Jesus' words proved true and prevailed no matter what happened to him, and I'm not going to keep going, but you start to see the similarities. When we live in this reflection of Jesus, even though Joseph did not know who Jesus was, we can change the world. 
And so as we close out our series tonight, as we close out this summer, as we think about all the things that took place this summer, and as we go back through the life of Joseph, I want to ask us this, how far are you going to go? Are you going to choose Jesus' plan? Are you going to choose him? Because when we can, when we, cha- we can change the world, we can change people, we can change ourselves, and we can be the difference maker in this world. The bad times will be good no matter how miserable we may be because God is on our side. And when we get to the end of our life, people will not be somber. They're not going to look at us and say, like, man, that's an upsetting moment in their life. They're going to look at us and they're going to say, look how far they went. Look how far they went because they allowed God to take them there. But how far you go be how far Jesus goes.